Wonderful singing all day today. If you'd open your Bible to Micah chapter 2, we're going to be looking at verses 6 to 13, which say this, Do not speak out so they speak out. But if they do not speak out concerning these things, reproaches will not be turned back. It is being said, O house of Jacob, is the spirit of the Lord impatient? Are these his doings? Do not my words do good to the one walking uprightly? Recently, my people have arisen as an enemy. You strip the robe off the garment from unsuspecting passers-by, from those returned from war. The women of my people you evict, each one from her pleasant house, from her children you take my splendor forever. Arise and go, for this is no place of rest because of the uncleanness that brings on destruction. Notice that uncleanness brings on destruction, a painful destruction. If a man walking after wind and falsehood has told lies and said, I will speak out to you concerning wine and liquor, he would be spokesman to this people. I will surely assemble all of you, Jacob. I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. I will put them together like sheep in the fold, like a flock in the midst of its pasture. They will be noisy with men. The breaker goes up before them. They break out, pass through the gate, and go out by it. So their king goes on before them, and the Lord at their head. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your people. We thank you for people that love the scriptures, including a book like Micah. Lord, it's very, very rare that people would study a book like this in these times, and we thank you for this flock that does. We pray your blessing on this service tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. When it comes to the subject of religion and life, people can talk a really, really good game, and it's especially true when it comes to religious people that aren't after truth. There are people in all kinds of religions, they love to go someplace and call it worship, and then they will go to some place that will tell them how prosperous they will be, how happy God is with them, and they go home feeling great. When it comes to religion, many people will listen to false ministers and teachers and think it's educational and entertaining. There are some people who have the viewpoint, let's go hear some religious talk, it's going to be interesting. And they love to hear religious people talk about things and scratch their religious itch. But let's check the biblical record on that. According to Romans 16, 1 Timothy 6, 2 Timothy 3, Titus 3, 2 John, God says in no uncertain terms the responsibility that God's people have for themselves is to separate themselves from false religious teachers. What people don't realize is false teachers are demonic people. Satan does his finest work in pulpits. These are deceitful people who will lead people away from God, away from truth, and frankly will lead them straight into judgment. There are leaders who will lead people straight into judgment. Understand that. There are religious teachers that will lead God's people straight into judgment. Now there are five reactions that we should have concerning these types of individuals and ministers. Number one, we should spot them. Spot them. That's what Romans 16 teaches us. There are two ways you can spot a phony religious leader. Number one, they'll live a godless life. A phony religious leader will promote and justify godless things. They're undisciplined. And they live ungodly lives behind the scenes. That's how you spot them. And secondly, you can spot them because they'll proclaim things that are actually contrary to the written scriptures. 
Oh, they'll share their stories, all right, but then they're going to say things contrary to the word of God. And God says, I want my people to spot these type of guys. The second responsibility that we have is we're to turn away from them. Just as Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 2, avoid such men as these. Their teaching has a gangrene effect on people. We're not to greet them. We're not to welcome them or give them a hearing. We're to turn away from them. Thirdly, according to the scriptures, we're to expose them and warn other people about them. We're actually to tell people, look, you don't want to go listen to them. You don't want to be in that religious system. You want to be in a place that will proclaim the truth. Fourthly, we are not to support them. We're not to support them because if we do, according to John, we participate with them. We're not to support them by our presence. We're not to support them by our finances. We're not to even give them a greeting, and we're not to listen to them. We're not to give them a hearing. Now, this existence of false teachers and false prophets isn't new to our time. There were false teachers and false prophets in Micah's day who not only were proclaiming false teaching, but they wanted the true teacher to stop teaching truth. These teachers were tickling the ears of the people, and the people loved what they were hearing. They loved what they were saying. What they don't want to hear, for the most part, was the truth of God. So when a guy like Micah shows up, who's a small-town prophet of God, and he comes into the big city, and he starts proclaiming his message from the Lord, and he starts presenting the true message of the word of God. Those false prophets didn't like him, and they didn't like it. And neither did the people. Micah was not getting a bunch of fan mail here. In fact, when you come to this text, he's getting hate responses. But that didn't stop him. That was not about to silence him. So Micah addressed that here. What Micah says is, God's people are prone to believe lies proclaimed by false ministers, but God wants his people hearing and knowing the truth. And he will bless that remnant of people who are committed to hearing and knowing the truth. Now, the real reason why false teachers surface is because of true teachers. In other words, False teachers rise up because true teachers are proclaiming truth, and truth is an unpopular, convicting message that comes straight out of the Word of God. So what Satan does is he raises up a series of ministers that are false to proclaim just the opposite of the truth because they'll be popular with people, and that's exactly what was happening here. Now, there are eight truths that Micah communicates here. And the first one is the false ministers want true ministers to stop speaking. Look at what you read in verse 6. Do not speak out so they speak. They were basically saying to Micah, you need to shut up. We don't want to hear what you have to say. They were false prophets, and they were trying to stop and prevent Micah from preaching the truth. They were warning him not to speak out. And the reason they're warning him not to speak out is because they want to promote their own false messages and their own false agenda. Micah is a prophet of God, though. There's your problem. He has to speak out. He has to take the message of the Lord that God has given to him, and he has a responsibility to speak it to the people. I mean, true men of God have to speak out in the midst of any context, and even though they're threatening him and they're telling him to shut up, he isn't going to do it. Micah said they were telling him not to speak out, but they speak out. See, that's the deal. I mean, there are those leaders who want to silence truth, and they want to silence a truth teacher so they can proclaim what's false to the people. Now, as we've seen already in the previous chapter, Micah has been mourning and warning people, 
And the false ministers of his day didn't like his message. They did not want to have the people listen to that. They want to communicate a more upbeat, positive type of religious message. They didn't want a true prophet of God to speak out, so they said, don't speak out anymore. You don't speak out. The Hebrew you is plural, which would indicate they're not only targeting Micah here, but I think also Hosea and Isaiah. And the verb speak out is used three times in the verse. It means that they're accusing him of being some frenzied emotional prophet who are just letting words ooze out of his mouth. In fact, the word speak out means to drip words from their lips. So the false minister is basically saying to Micah, close your mouth, close your mouth so we can speak out. That's how verse 6 begins. You don't speak so we can speak. You close your mouth so we can speak out. They were certainly not inviting Micah to speak at their chapel services. And they weren't inviting him to speak at their conferences or meetings. Micah wasn't getting invited as a guest speaker at religious rallies because he didn't say the kind of right things that they liked to hear. The truth is, it's the false ministers who should shut their mouths. Because those who are not proclaiming truth, they're not helping people see truth. They're not helping people accurately understand the word of God. They're running their mouths and they're hurting people and they're doing far more damage than they are good. They're leading the people of God straight into judgment. These true men of God were considered to be troublemakers because they're preaching a message that's foreign to what the people want to hear. And when they preach the truth, there is something about truth that strikes a nerve. I mean, it's convicting. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It does cut into a person's soul. It's living. It's active. So they're trying to shut these prophets up by discrediting them. And as a result, they're telling Micah, you stop speaking so we can speak. But people who are right with the Lord, they love truth. Truth rings to them. They see truth, they hear truth. Those not right with God, they can't stand it. They wish the one presenting it would go away. You ever run into somebody that's done that to you? Don't preach to me, because I want to preach to you. Ever had that happen in a discussion with someone? Don't tell me, and then they start telling you. They don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to know the truth. And that is precisely what was happening here. Which brings us to the second truth. If true ministers do not proclaim the truth, there's no possibility that people will turn from sin and turn back to God. Micah goes on and writes in verse 6, But if they do not speak out concerning these things, reproaches will not be turned back. Micah says, look, if we don't continue to proclaim the truth of God, there's no chance for the people to respond to the truth of God. There's no chance of the people getting out from under the judgment of God. And if we don't proclaim the truth, there's no possibility they'll turn away from their sin and they will not realize they're heading into the judgment of God. That's all contingent upon us telling the truth. And it's so important that someone proclaims the truth of God to this nation because if there was no one to do that, there would be no chance of these people ever saying, you know what, I need to make a change in life. I need to get right with the Lord. Now, when you proclaim the truth of God, it often doesn't happen that people, as the text says, turn back to the Lord and get right with God, but it happens now and then. It does happen now and then. It happened to Micah. Micah was a prophet... And we may recall that he had a prophet ministry that existed through the days of Jotham, Ahatz, and Hezekiah. 
And his preaching during the days of Jotham had little or no effect. His preaching during the days of Ahatz had little or no effect. So he's been proclaiming the truth of God now from about 740 B.C. to about 716 B.C. to the time of Ahatz. He has been proclaiming the truth of God for 24 years and no response. But then came Hezekiah in the 25th year. And as he proclaimed the truth of God during Hezekiah's time, it did seem to have an effect on the people of God, and they did seem to turn from evil for a time. They got rid of all of the idolatrous things. They turned themselves back to the Lord, and the judgment of God was postponed. Now, if Micah had just shut up when he was being told, look, stop speaking. Nobody wants to hear what you have to say. You just shut your mouth. If he would have shut up, then... These people would have never had God postpone the judgment. Had they listened to the false prophets, they would have marched right into judgment. So Micah said, it's important that you have true ministers that teach the truth of the word of God. Because there's always the possibility that people will hear the word of God and respond to it. Which brings us to the third truth. God's people were being told by false prophets, God is a patient God. His patience never runs out. Verse 7 says, it's being said, O house of Jacob, and he uses that phrase, house of Jacob, to refer to the entire nation Israel. It's being said, is the spirit of the Lord impatient? And it's a rhetorical question that expects a no answer. Of course, the spirit of the Lord is not impatient. That's exactly what was being communicated here. Micah is warning the entire nation of God. You're listening to prophets who are telling you God is happy with you. His patience will never wear out. You're Israel. You're a blessed nation of God. It really doesn't matter how you govern your life. You're a blessed nation of God. You're the people of God, and God always loves his people. God is always patient to his people. You have nothing to fear. The primary message that these phony ministers were communicating is God always loves you. He's always patient with you. You're totally secure. Even though in the law of Moses, in Deuteronomy chapter 28, Verses 15 to 68, which we went through a couple of years ago, it specifically warns against that kind of thinking. Don't you ever think that you can just go off and live any old way you want and God will just sit there and applaud you. He is a patient God, there's no question about that, but don't ever think that his patience can't run out, and that's exactly what these people were telling the people. These false prophets were telling the people, it doesn't matter how you live life. God's happy with you just the way you are. You're the people of God. He's always pleased with you. He always loves you. He's always patient with you. He understands your pursuit of sin because you're his people. You have nothing to fear. So, go ahead and have your idols and have your porn and have your immorality and have your greed and have your lust and have your distortions, and have your drinking parties, have your pride. You don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to change. You don't have to repent because God is patient with you and his patience never wears out. Obviously, when you look at what happened to Israel, that was a lie. His patience did run out. And the nation Israel is proof tonight that his patience did run out. You know, there are people who will go to church, and the reason they go to a church is because it's a church that doesn't threaten them with any type of conviction. And there are people who literally, it was going on in Micah's day, they go to some religious place that lets them live the way they live. 
never presents the truth that will bring them under conviction. It never confronts anything. It lets them be them. They like a religious place that they don't care if they change. It's a kind of place that never warns people. It never admonishes people to turn from sin and get their relationship with the Lord right. And they'll tell the people, you don't have anything to worry about here. You don't have to worry about the judgment of God. That's what these false prophets were doing. That's exactly what they're doing. Which brings us to the fourth truth. God's true word is good to those who truly walk uprightly. At the end of verse 7, are these his doings? Do not my words do good to the one walking uprightly? Micah said, you people are not being led of God. But people that walk uprightly understand what I'm proclaiming, and they love the word of God. Many of these people had delusionally promoted the fact that they were right with God. They didn't want to hear truth. But Micah said, I'll tell you what. There is a remnant of people that does want the truth of God, and the remnant of people that wants the truth of God are those who walk uprightly. They're the ones who love the word of God. They're the ones who love to come and listen to the word of God. People who were right with God were not trying to shut Micah up. They wanted to hear more of what he had to say. Because they realize he's telling us the word of God. This is the word coming from the Lord. And those people who walk uprightly, they love it. They love to study the word of God. They love to hear the word of God. They love to learn the word of God. They love to apply the word of God. And the truth of the matter is, whenever a person communicates the truth, they're contradicting error and falsehood. And people that aren't serious about a relationship with God, they want to hear error and falsehood. You start proclaiming truth, they don't like it. See, God's word is offensive to those that aren't right with God. If one is living a lie and one is living a life contrary to the word of God, he's not going to love God. That person isn't going to love the word of God. They'll get as far away from it as quick as they can. They'll go someplace where they'll feel good. Which brings us to the fifth truth, God's people had risen up and were becoming God's enemy. Verses 8 and 9 are sad verses. Recently, my people have arisen as an enemy. You strip the robe off the garment from unsuspecting passers-by, from those returned from war, the women of my people you evict, each one from her pleasant house, from her children you take my splendor forever. God's people were not only not listening to the word of God, not listening to Micah. They'd become more like God's enemies than his own family. In fact, they were becoming not only enemies of the Lord, but as you read the language there in verses 8 to 9, they were becoming enemies of each other. And if you have ever had a family member do that, you get this. If you have ever had a family member turn against you because they're doing what's wrong... And you're trying to tell them to do what's right. You can relate to this. If you've ever had children turn against you because you've admonished them to be godly and they don't want to be godly, you can relate to what Micah is going through here. Sometimes someone in the family can become like an enemy and that's exactly what was happening here. God said, you're becoming my enemies. And by listening to these false ministers, God's own people had put themselves on a path of not being a friend of the Lord. They were not living life governed by the word of God. They didn't want to hear the word of God. They didn't even want to hear Micah, what he had to say. They weren't interested in the word of God. 
And that is where the false teaching and the false ministers had led them. I mean, this is where false teaching leads. It leads people away from the Lord. It leads them into becoming like an enemy of God. They start believing things that are contrary to the word of God. And those false leaders were robbing people. They were stealing from people. They were acting like a reverse Robin Hood, robbing from the poor to give to the rich. And God names three charges specifically against his own people here. The first one is you take their clothes. Verse 8, my people have arisen as an enemy. You strip the robe off the garment. Now the robe here is a salma, which I understand refers to a loose robe that was kind of like a coat that covered the clothes. That's the word that's used here in Hebrew. So I would understand this to be like a coat that covered the other clothes. And when we went through Exodus, we saw that it was possible to borrow some money and use your coat as collateral. But of course, the coat was to be given back to the person before nightfall because that's the only thing the person had to basically keep them warm. And what was happening here is these people were telling people they were right with God and they were actually taking their clothes that would keep them warm. The word strip would refer to the fact that they were taking this like a raid. They were like raiding the people. I mean, they not only wanted things, they wanted everything. So the corruption of these leaders was they were raiding their own people, taking things from them. You don't expect that your leaders are going to hurt you. You want your leaders to look out for you. That's not what these people were doing. They're stealing from the people. Secondly, ruthless leaders evicted people from their houses. Verse 9, the women of my people you evict. They evicted the women. They're the easy targets. And the word evict, garash, in Hebrew is a word that means by forcible removal. I understand this to mean they were probably going into the poor widows. They didn't have any defense. Back at this time, they had their homes, and these ruthless people were evicting them from their homes. Perhaps they got behind in a payment or so, and they're taking properties for themselves. These are money-hungry people who are so greedy, they're forcing people out of their own homes, and they're saying, we're right with God. And then they took the inheritance from the children. They actually hurt the children. Verse 9 says, from her children you take my splendor forever. In Israel, it was important that a land stay in the family. It didn't matter to these leaders. You know, this business of taking children and child trafficking is not new to our time. You know, I just read a statistic this week that you can actually buy a child today in a poor country for 20 to $70 for trafficking. And if you're in a wealthy country, you can buy a child for $350. Some of these countries that are allowing this thing to happen will tell you, oh yeah, we worship God. We worship God. Worship God and they sell their children. That's what these people were doing. And they're claiming they're right with the Lord. They're doing these horrible things. And they don't want Micah speaking out against this. They don't want Micah to say things that perhaps will have some impact on their business. And they never once tried to repent and make things right, by the way, in any of this. I mean, you would think somebody would come under conviction and say, you know what, this is wrong. 
We need to put a stop to this. I mean, we're taking things from widows. We're trafficking children. We're involved in robbing people of what they have. This is wrong. These are the people of God. God said, nobody here is under conviction. Then you try to say to Micah, don't you say anything about this. Which brings us to the sixth truth. God says, get away from these people because this is a place of corruption. It's heading to destructive judgment. Verse 10, arise and go. For this is no place of rest because of the uncleanness that brings on destruction, a painful destruction. I want to point out what is stated in verse 10 because you need to know this as an individual. We need to know this as a church. We need to know this as a city. We need to know this as a state. And we need to know this in this nation. Sin leads to destruction. You may think it'll lead you to happiness. It'll destroy you. It'll lead to destruction. That's what sin does. Unclean things will bring a person to destruction. And the language that Micah uses here certainly describes what would happen. It was the unclean things that would lead God to destroy them. He says, you get away from these people. You get away from these people. You don't patronize them. You get away from them. Because they are actually building their own gallows. Because I'm going to hang them on the gallows. In other words, they're leading people to destruction and I'm going to destroy them. God says, the thing that you have done is that you have led these people into a way that is going to destroy you. I'm going to put you out of business. I've seen what you've done. I've monitored this stuff. And I'm going to intervene and put you out of business. Which brings us to the seventh truth. God's people would rather listen to a false minister who lies and promotes prosperity and pleasure rather than one who tells him the truth. Notice verse 11. If a man walking after wind and falsehood had told lies and said, I will speak out to you concerning wine and liquor, he would be a spokesman to this people. There are people that will go to church to hear anything but the word of God. Bands entertainment, philosophical discussions, lectures, seminars on variety of things. There are people that will go to these places to hear that rather than the word of God. If a man came to these people and told them lies, they wanted to hear him. They didn't want to hear someone stand there and tell them the truth. In the midst of their unclean lives, in the midst of the uncleanness that would actually lead them to destruction and lead them to the judgment of God, they would rather go to worship and hear a minister who would tell them about the prosperity and pleasure that they could enjoy forever. And Micah gives a job description of the kind of minister the people love. He'll tell them about the good, party, pleasurable, plush life. If a guy came and told them about they can enjoy their wine. That was the wine came through fermentation. It, liquor came through distillation. If somebody came and proclaimed to them that you can enjoy the best of the wine and the best of the liquor, and you can just enjoy your life, you have nothing to worry about because you're blessed of the Lord, they would believe that lie. If a man came to the people and said, God is going to always bless you, you don't have to worry about anything. You don't ever have to take his word seriously. You can just enjoy your life. You can enjoy the pleasures of life. The people would love it. 
These guys would proclaim a prosperity gospel that would mean you'll have affluence and you'll have prosperity, and people would go out there and they would be all ears for that. That was the message they loved to hear. They loved to hear about the fact that God would bless them at the ultimate level. But if one came and spoke out the word of God honestly and accurately, he would be hated. Micah's message of pending judgment didn't go over well with these people because it wasn't what they want to hear. I would wager to say, if we would have gone on the radio this week with our advertisement and said, I'll tell you what we're going to preach on Sunday night, fun and pleasure, wine and liquor. Blessings of God. You want the blessings of God, fun, pleasure, wine, and liquor. I'll bet you this place would have been packed. But you preach that you need to be right with the Lord and deal with sin or face the judgment of God, and it's not the vast majority want to hear that. You take a minister who will speak to the things that people want to hear, they'll love him. They'll highly esteem him. They'll show up in droves to participate in that. They'll drive miles to hear the latest things about the society. They'll drive miles to get together with a group of people that all love the same thing. They would rather go listen to a lying prophet who will give them alcohol to drink in a party-type way than one who would tell them the truth of God. They would rather listen to that. So Micah makes one final point. God will preserve a remnant of people, and he's going to send this breaker to get that remnant of people, and he's going to lead them to wonderful blessings. He says in verse 12, I will surely assemble all of you, Jacob. I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. I will put them together like sheep in a fold, like a flock in the midst of its pasture. They'll be noisy with men. The breaker goes up before them. They break out, pass through the gate, and go out by it. So their king goes on before them and the Lord at their head. God says, I'm going to judge. Both Israel and Judah are going to be judged. But there's going to be a remnant of people who will have loved me. And there will be a remnant of people who love my word. They didn't love these liars. They didn't love religion. They loved truth. And that remnant of people I'm going to send from Judah and Israel, I'm going to send this breaker king who's going to get them. He's going to gather them like a shepherd will gather sheep into a fold, and he's going to lead them on to my blessings. Now, of course, we know from studying the book of Revelation that the king breaker that he's going to send will be none other than the Lord Jesus Christ at the end of the tribulation when he comes and he gathers up those sheep, that remnant of Israel, and he leads them right into that kingdom. But here's the sad reality to ask yourself, why is it tonight that Israel is not seen as the nation of God? Why is that? When God has such a remarkable plan for the nation Israel, why do you look at Israel and you look at them in the Middle East, you see nothing but problems and nothing about threats of military warfare. That's all you hear about. You don't look at that nation and go, man, there's the nation of God. There's the glory of God. How come it is we don't see that tonight? Because phony religious leaders have led those people away from the blessings of God. There's your answer. 
The breaker is the one who breaks open the blessings of God. And for people who love the Lord Jesus Christ and people who love the truth of God, just as the text here says, they will love the teaching of the word. And may God help us always to be people who embrace and love truth. May we pray. I want you to understand what Micah is proclaiming here. Uncleanness, sin, will never lead anyone to happiness. It'll lead to destruction. So if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, do that tonight. Invite the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your life to save you. If you're a believer, you've been dabbling with stuff you shouldn't be involved in. Make a break from it, because it's not going to leave you happy. Father, thank you so much for your precious word. Thank you for the book of Micah. We thank you for the privilege we have of having it in our own language, the privilege we have of studying it. We pray that we would learn lessons from it. We pray that you would just instruct us, Lord, so that we'll do your will always. I pray we would always be people who love truth. Love truth. In Jesus' name, amen.